0: I'm Amorette, and I'm Savannah, and we're Geoholics.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Bad Elf's Point of Beginning, a segment specially crafted for the Geoholics podcast. Each week at the beginning of this podcast, this segment explores contemporary geospatial news, innovative technologies, geographic-related controversies and hardships, funny stories, history, and so much more. We hope you enjoy the content and perhaps even learn something. My name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky, I'm a geoholic, and I'm here to be your geospatial Sherpa. Perhaps you, like many other Americans, watched the Super Bowl last weekend. Whether you're a diehard fan, a serious fantasy football fanatic, or simply just like the commercials and halftime show, the Super Bowl has something for most. To start, here are some fun facts about this year's crucial football event. 101.1 million viewers watched the game on NBC and Telemundo, making it the most watched NFL game ever in two languages. Additionally, this Super Bowl was the most streamed NFL game ever as well, with an average minute audience of 11.2 million viewers. The halftime show garnered over 96.7 million viewers for just the 15-minute show, For perspective, the Trump-Biden debate in September of 2020 only had 73 million people watch. Apparently, we know where people's attention truly goes. Beyond the stats and exciting game, one thing that caught my eye was a crazy flashing QR code which would make any tripping hippie proud. If you were like me, you quickly whipped out your phone and scanned the code. To find out, Coinbase, a new cryptocurrency platform, was doing some serious advertising. This all got me thinking, where did the QR code come from? Well, dating back to 1994, the QR code was originally developed by a Japanese automotive company, Denso Wave. The innovative code was created to store more data than the typical UPC barcodes being used at the time. QR codes often contain data for location, identity, or a tracker that point people to a specific website or application originally the game board from the strategy game go was used for the design if you didn't know each turn during the game go a player has a possible 250 to the 150th power of options possible for moves that's quite a few just like how many qr codes can exist at one time while the qr code has had its ups and downs in terms of usage Recently, especially because of social distancing measures, QR codes have become commonplace. And I got to be honest, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. If you have any questions or comments about today's POB segment, please reach out to me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. And that does it for us at B2 Studios in sunny Texas. Live long and prosper, my friends.
2: I'm kidding. What are you there doing over there? There is no marijuana being smoked in the studio. I promise you that. Only when uh, neighbor Billy's in the house. That's the only time that's ever happened. Oh, with the Johnny Monaco episode. Oh my goodness, what a shit show! <laughs> it was crazy. All right, here we are, episode one seventeen, and uh, I gotta be honest with you, that we're kind of flying or recording without a net today. Typically, I'll spend a couple hours re- or uh, at least preparing for the show, and uh, I got nothing this week. No preparation whatsoever.
3: I think it's because we're going to have a good good guest on, and I, I think I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, he's
2: going to have to carry the show for him. <laughs> That's
3: a lot of pressure. Oh, but I'm, I'm excited.
2: I'm excited yeah. to hear from our guest it's for sure. Be
3: great, yeah, for
2: sure. So I wanna I haven't brought this up in a while. Do you know we have a fan club, the Geoholics Fan Club? No, I didn't. What's what's the fan club? The fan club is really easy, and here's how you become an official Geoholics fan club member. You simply go to Patreon.com. You search for the Geoholics, and you become a patron. And you can do this for as little as $5 a month. And if you do that, you get an entire Geoholics fan pack that includes a branded Bill's hat, which you got to admit is pretty freaking cool. It is. You get a T-shirt. You get a pine glass. You get a wristband. You get a koozie. Um, what else is there? I said pine glass. There's got to be more. What are oh poker chips? We got the poker chips now. Those are pretty cool.
3: And if you're a golfer, they're great ball markers.
2: Fantastic ball markers indeed. Exactly. So consider being a uh, or becoming a geoholics fan club member. The more, the merrier, as they say. Yeah, and the hat's sweet. It's a quality hat. They came out really good. I am super happy with the hats. For sure. All right. Uh, that opening number. I think this is me, right? I'm yeah. do this one Okay, that is Pepper. The name of the song is Warning, and that's featuring Stick Figure, who our guest this evening, if you remember from episode sixty, is a band that he is a big figure, big figure, big fan of. A lot of a lot of figures, a lot of fans. Aye. Pepper is a three-piece reggae rock band originally from Hawaii, now based in San Diego. The band consists of vocalists, guitarists, Khalil Wassman, vocalist, bassist Brett Bullinger, and drummer Yassad Williams. Since the band's formation, they have released eight studio albums as well as two live albums. And I actually saw Pepper at uh, the Marquee. Mm. Great show. Talk about a lot of pot being smoked. Oh my goodness, contact high.
3: Oh, secondhand.
2: Secondhand, indeed. Um, coincidentally, our friend, of the, our featured friend of the program this evening is Airworks. And uh, I think that uh, COG, as we're going to call him, at least until we come up with a different name, he's got this one. I, I think he's about three or four episodes in. So reading has got to be getting a little bit easier for him. Let's find nah, out.
3: Reading is hard, though. But Airworks was founded in 2017 by David Morchnick and Adam K- Kersnowski. That's with the Z sound, Kersnowski. Their complementary backgrounds in aerospace engineering and construction led to a combined desire to harness the power of artificial intelligence and machine learning to automate a traditionally stale aerial data processing process. Headquartered in Boston, AirWorks employs a team of unmatched AI experts, fully stacked developers, designers, marketers, and civil engineers, all working together to re Define what CAD drafting means for the firm, in that it built, in a, in the built world. And their software tools are designed with AEC companies in mind. Wow, that's really neat. Uh, with Airworks Automate, you can get CAD deliverables in record in record time on our ten standard automated layers. Results are fully validated by our in-house engineering team to guarantee quality. Together with Airworks CAD our self-service 2D drafting tools designed to simplify simplify your manual drafting process you can now complete projects from data upload to deliverable right in one platform their mission is to make aerial data accessible and useful for decision makers in the built environment
2: good job Thanks.
3: Good job. Well good. done.
2: And, and you know what? The the good thing is, our guest this evening happens to be one of the founders ask. of AirWorks. So if we said anything, or if you said anything incorrectly, yeah, he'll he's going to be able to. He's going to be able to pick up. Well, I was yeah. reading it
3: too, and I'm going, wow, this is really neat. As I'm like going through each <laughs> sentence, so I'm not, I'm not even lying. I'm going, wait, hold on, what did I just read there? And I'm like, wait, I gotta keep going. This is a feature friend of the podcast today. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Yeah. All right, uh, here we are back in the Diamondback Land Survey Studio. Um, not a whole lot new here. I mean, uh, COG did bring us like a gallon of Knob Creek. That was a, that was a nice addition.
3: Oh, Costco special. Oh, I've never seen a
2: bottle that big before. I think it's a monster.
3: Oh, but it's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible tasting. It's smooth. It's not as good as plans, I,
2: And Shoots actually stopped by the uh, by the uh, the studio today to drop some stuff off.
3: That's where I should beer went.
2: have. We should have, yeah. That's right. <laughs> we should have marked a line on the Knob Creek bottle to see if he uh you know. Took a little off the top while he dropped in here.
3: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thank you for that. And what's up? Let me catch up. It's time we catch up. What's going on? How have you been? No, I've been good. I see you every day.
3: Yeah. But- yeah, I do. I do see you quite often. I yeah. have you on. Uh, you're, you're now located on my favorites. My mother Ooh. and my father on wow. my favorites. And my girlfriend, but, and then now top, you top well, five, That's I got to call you all the time. It's podcast, it's work. It's, it's all these it's, things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but you know, life's great. It's, it's, it's going well, you know, sport, great sports week last week, oh. you know, from Thursday to uh, Sunday from the open to the Super Bowl. So I can't complain. I sat at the TV for a lot of it watching, uh, watching the open and, um, you know, got bailed out at the end by Scheffler. So I'm, I'm very happy about that from a betting standpoint. And, um, You know, the Super Bowl was great. I thought it was anticlimactic, though, having the Rams win. I did, too. I agree. Um, You know, they were excited, but uh, I thought it would be cool to see uh, Burrow pull it out. But other than that, watching a lot of Olympics, uh, what about you? You seem pretty tired over there. I am freaking spent, to be honest
2: with you. My head is is spinning right now. Getting back from, you know, Geo Week. Had a Geo Week hangover, of course. Not used to the late nights and all the fun that was had by all there. And then uh, got back... Was in the office a day, day and a half last week, and then went to the open on Friday. Had an unbelievable time. Um, I haven't seen the numbers as far as attendance from the open this year, but the weather was absolutely perfect for all four or five days. And uh, you know what? they've got it figured out. I got to be honest with you. When you're, you know, they're shuttling in basically two hundred thousand people every single day, and obviously there's limited parking and everything like that, but man, oh man, they got it figured out. You know I mean? You park in an site light and there's just a line of buses there to pick up all the people, bring them right to the front of the gate and everything. And it just worked out great. Got there about 9am I'd say, and left about two before the, you know, the complete shit show started. So it couldn't have worked out any better.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was, it was packed. Yeah. I saw, I saw it was absolutely packed 18 yep. it, like, 18 during the Super Bowl when it was in the playoff was still bumping. Yeah. I was absolutely impressed. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, uh, I think probably half the fans out there, though, realized what was going on. With and the playoff and everything, yeah, 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 yeah. Where'd you, where'd you sit, or where, where'd you stand? We moved I
2: guess. around. Uh, well, when we got there, we sat like on the on a hill, like on by eighteen, um, just because it was nobody sitting there hardly. It was like really easily accessible. Sat there for about an hour. Then we made our way over to sixteen and was fortunate. We waited about fifteen minutes to get in line. That was it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then we got in, got there, sat there for probably hour and a half, two hours. And Where we go after that? 10 cuz i right when you exit 16 10's right mm-hmm. there there's a you know there's a set of bleach, like really really strategically placed bleachers right there overlooking the green and you're just right there it was, it was awesome i mean like i said you know everything worked out really well no complaints whatsoever and just a great time another night like you said i've just been watching shit ton of curling olympics not getting any sleep that's another part of my problem uh, you know, they're, they're on at 11 o'clock here at night and then 5 o'clock in the morning. And, of course, lovely Megan, she's watching on her iPad, you know, in bed at 11. And then she sets the alarm for 5 to get up and watch it. And I'm just getting zero sleep. So if I, if I, if I sound grumpy, I'm really not. But... Uh, just tired.
3: He, chewed me, he only chewed <laughs> me out a couple of times this week. It's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man.
2: All right, Connor, we're switching this one up a little bit. This is going to be your, uh your bit going forward. We're going to call it Connor's weekly words of wisdom. Cause I know how much you're into this stuff. You're like me, you know, the whole s- self-help thing and motivational quotes and stuff like that. So what do you got for this week, my
3: friend? I am. I've got, I've got two quotes by one person and I want Adam to take a guess on who this is. Adam does not know. Our guest does not know who this is. Pro- well, Does not know ahead of time with me reading it. So two quotes, same person. Uh, Do not ignore the passion that burns in you. Spend time to discover your gift. And then do not ignore your gift. Your gift is the thing you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. Who said those words? Do you have a clue?
0: Guessing Albert Einstein. No, no. Close. No mustache, but uh, Steve Harvey. Okay. <laughs> I,
2: Adam, well, you would have different. never, Adam, if you're like me, I had no idea that Steve Harvey well, it was like this inspirational speaker guy until I met Connor. Yeah. So I, uh,
0: I didn't know that he put out quotes that were that memorable. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I'm going to give you guys a couple of minutes to prepare for this while I do the introduction, but we're, I'm going to ask both you guys, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, what you call it is. What's my icebreaker? No, no, no. What the, the thing that Harvey just said in that? What's your?
3: What's my gift?
2: Your gift, yeah. So I'm. Um, you, you got a few minutes to look to think about this. So. Oh boy. All right. So our our guest this evening is uh, Adam Krasnowski. He was on episode sixty, if you remember, and since then AirWorks has become a friend of the program. So we appreciate their support. Uh, real quick, a little bit about Adam. He uh, hails from Maine and attended the University of Southern Maine, home of the Huskies in. Champ the Husky, of course. He spends his free time outdoors as much as possible with his lovely wife and four daughters, two of them we just heard, also living practically off the grid. We got to circle back on that and see what the status is. And Mm -hmm. they are also foodies, which is right up my alley. He's currently the co-founder and COO of Airworks. And uh, I can't wait to catch up with them to see what's new with Airworks. I know there's been a lot of advancements over the course of the the last year. So welcome back, Adam. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure.
2: Absolutely. So, well, Connor, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's your gift?
0: Go. This I
3: don't, that good night. I need to spend, I need to listen to, to the person that I look up to a lot uh, more <laughs> and, uh, you know, spend some time to find it out. I, I you know, uh, you initially got, I think of my, like my gift is connecting with others or like trying to, trying go. to connect with others and read them like real quick and, uh-huh. you know, building a, a rapport with, with sure. people. I like, I like connecting people to yep. others. So that's, that's, that's
2: good. Problem, I guess. That's good. Perfect. How about you, Adam? Do you have a, do you have a gift that comes to mind?
0: Yeah. I mean, I like that sentiment. Uh, I'm I always say that I'm passionately curious and actually Hmm. that is that is a a, comes from a quote from Albert Einstein Um, but uh, yeah I I always am very curious just about who people are and what they do and what drives them and I usually talk a lot to get that out of them so
2: that's awesome Um, what's yours You know, I mean, I'm, I think I'm a lot like you. I think one of my gifts is having the ability to, you know, connect with people and then make strategic connections. But one thing I've just, I've, I love being a, like a facilitator. Mm-hmm. I love to be in a position to make things happen. Yeah. I don't know if that's a gift, but I think I'm good at it. I don't know. I, I think that's it a gift. No idea. Uh, yeah. Making things happen. Maybe that's my gift. How about that? It sounds good. So catch us up, Adam, Man, it's been, gosh, probably close to a year. I'd have to look at the date, but it's been it's been a bit since you've been on. And we I caught up with you a little bit at uh, Geo Week, and I appreciate the beers. That was awfully kind of you. And we caught up a little bit there, but, man, tell the folks, what's what's new with their works?
0: Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of growth. Um, I think the last time I was on the show was really – sort of the start of this whole pandemic or just at least the uh, the first uh, mm-hmm. you know several months of it and uh, we were all trying to understand what in the world was happening um but uh things have seemed to to normalize uh we've had some growth last uh, quarter fourth quarter of 2021 was our best uh, e- uh, quarter yet wow. as a company congratulations um thank you so we're very excited about that you might have noticed that last time I was on. I had a gigantic beard. Um, yep. That beard was shaved. That thing was uh, it was my one million dollar ARR beard. So we hit the uh, that <laughs> that uh, reoccurring revenue goal, and I got to shave it off. Over we we threw this amazing party at my house. We called it Burning Man, New Hampshire. No way. And yeah, we uh, shaved this the beard off, and now I'm on to the uh, ten million dollar mustache. <laughs>
2: I love it. Hey, just note to self, whenever you have like these Burning Man parties in the future, make sure you send the geoholics an invite because there's a pretty good possibility we might show up.
0: Well, th- this next year, you de- you'll definitely get the invite. I, uh, am f- for, my wife has forbid us to have that thing <laughs> hosted at our house again. We really pissed off some neighbors. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're going to be looking for a bigger, badder venue um, this coming summer
2: that's funny man
0: it? you will get the invite yeah
3: oh look at that that growth is an exponential right there that's that incredible awesome awesome
0: oh oh on that growth i don't know i hope so i don't know if that'll get the 10 million dollar mustache uh the the shave of that mustache but uh we'll at least have fun over the summertime
2: nice oh. have you ever been yeah. to burning
0: man i have not uh i've definitely uh read and and seen a lot about it mm-hmm. um if you actually look at the principles of Burning Man, I think that's really what, what I, I love mm-hmm. about it. Obviously, the, the other stuff is fun, but uh, yep. it, we actually created this theme, right? We had all these separate camps and we all had responsibilities, but the, really the whole point is just kind of letting loose and not caring what anybody else has uh, to think about you yep. and really creating experiences for other people. You're, you're really supposed to, that is supposed to be the driver is create something that else that somebody would enjoy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've never been, I've had the opportunity to go a couple of times and I don't know, I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I, I could do it for like maybe a, two or three days, but I'd be, yeah. getting in and getting out in two or three days would be damn near impossible. You know, I just want to go, I pro, you know what it is? I basically want to say I've been there, <laughs> so I just got to go show up, step foot on the grounds and get out of there and be like, yep, I've been there. It was a blast. Yeah. You're that guy. Yeah. No, I'm not. But uh, I I would love to experience it. There's no doubt about it. So about a year ago, um, if you can reflect back just a little bit, do you remember how many employees you had then and what are you guys up to now?
0: Yeah. So we probably had about, um, I want to say 10 to 15, somewhere in there. Um, We're about 25 right now. Nice. Uh, We're also getting very close to raising um, a series A round of uh, funds. And that will kick off, uh, of course, or will give us the ability to uh, grow exponentially again. So we're really looking forward to that. Our performance last year really is what what is going to drive that that next raise for us.
2: Mm-hmm. How's JP JP doing? Is he doing okay?
0: He's good, man. He just went to California um, to visit some clients nice. uh, who actually – have recently come on but they are they have been uh just throwing a ton of work our way mm-hmm. and uh man, we we love to uh not just be behind a computer to to say say hi to our clients but just get out there and be with them so he's out there enjoying um some some good in-person meetings with nice. with uh our uh clients what is your client base then like what's your
3: target market then
0: So primarily work for engineering firms engineering firms that uh, have a survey element to them, whether they uh, they have surveyors in house or they they hire some some part of that out. Um, But uh, really producing any kind of base uh, baseline conditions existing conditions um for any kind of concept or design or for permitting and then of course we're supporting on a whole host of uh, of other deliverables so it could be for altas um and as built but in and those go for any industry really okay
2: so yep. the the algorithm has there been any changes to that or is it one of those things like once you establish an algorithm it is what it is or do you make improvements on it
0: well i mean that is a, a, it's a good question our algorithm f- from the, s- well, it had a starting point. And I guess the changes is, is a living breathing sort of a mm. thing. And so um, as we grow as a company and we grow with our clients, uh, the algorithm uh, in the way that we train it, right? Uh, it actually learns and performs better. So it mm. is uh, it is changing in, in its ability to recognize uh, features, in uh, a more accurate way, uh, or a more robust way.
2: So interesting. So as as like uh, cameras improve and have better, you know, pixel accuracy, does that also improve the algorithm?
0: Um, it could be one of the factors. I mean, one of the things that uh, that is a challenge is this: the variation of uh, different imagery that that we see from clients, so if we were in an ideal world, we would have some sort of uh, perfect ground sampling resolution and perfect clarity in in the imagery, but we know that's not true right, we have lighting condition issues, we have weather issues, we have sun angle issues and um, so the sensor can approve, we can get, we can, we can have the, we'll have the ability to produce uh, a better uh, ground sampling resolution, but it, it's really just how we train it, how we show um, the, the, the differences that that we experience in, in the world on an everyday basis.
2: Are there any uh, like strategic partnerships that maybe you formed over the course of the last year?
0: Yeah. So most recently, uh, we are now working with uh, NearMap um and so near map uh is a uh, manned aircraft uh, company that that goes out and flies imagery sort of uh ahead of yeah. um what is uh what people really need so it's not they're not tasking the, their missions and so their coverage is something like 90 uh, percent, that might actually be Australia, but in the U.S., I think the last one was 80 percent of the U.S. population, so major cities, and they have this data set ready to go, and so our partnership is really allows our clients to push uh, NearMap data into our platform, um, and uh, so we can run our extraction. So, uh, so far, we've been with them particularly been working a lot in the telecom uh, space, so for uh, the fiber optic uh, uh, expansion into rural areas.
2: Gotcha. And yeah. one thing I found interesting, and you know, we, we got a few minutes to chat at, uh, at GeoWeek, <clears throat> excuse me, and I, I think one of the things I didn't realize that you guys do, and hopefully I'm remembering this correctly, I might've been under, under the influence at the time, but- um, No. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you, you guys help out not just with like processing the data, but you do so much more as far as the workflow goes. Like potential clients, like they can reach out to you and you can advise them on like what type of hardware to buy and software to buy and actually set up a workflow for them that, of course, includes Airworks. Is that Correct.
0: Yeah, we certainly guide along the way. I mean, when we started the company, we were more on the services side. We didn't have necessarily the the data that was necessary to really start training our algorithms. So we were out there selling, you know, uh, uh, data collection and and processing through the different photogrammetry softwares, and then doing that drafting ourselves uh, until we got to a point where we had enough data, really. Uh, that, that we, we started to see good results um, on uh, when we, we ran data sets on, on the predictions. So I think as a, as a company, it's, it's in our best interest to make sure that our clients know how to capture data properly. They know how to set ground control properly because that uh, verification and certification of the accuracies is, is always in our clients' hands. And so when we run our extraction um it is really just a a, a means of uh, well how well that 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 performs is a means of how well it was collected uh, to start with so yeah we offer a lot of support there we have a very extensive knowledge base that anybody can go to but we're also happy um, to sit down and talk about what the what that means um, I think sometimes companies uh, will. Try to create a process, uh, maybe that is, leaves you with the least amount of time in the field. So they optimize for the the least, you know, the, or or the the uh, the shortest flight time, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes that's just really not the best way to go about it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, helping them understand, if listen, we're trying to extract smaller features, then we need to be really. Uh, we need to be really good at, at the way that we collect those data to start.
2: Gotcha. And so typically for, you know, the majority of your clients, what does the workflow look like from your perspective?
0: Yeah. So once uh, data, or let's say once a project is awarded to our clients, um, we see a couple different pathways. So, some uh, head right out to the field um, and set control uh, and will fly. And once they're done flying, they'll, they'll manage the, the photogrammetry themselves and, and, and send us the TIFF and LAS files right afterwards. We run our, we do our thing, we uh, do our extraction. Um, and they'll use that sort of as a guide to where to focus in the field um, as a surveyor. So things that are underneath obstructions um, or there are items, there, are, there are, are features that we just can't pull from aerial imagery. Um, Of course, boundary is one of those types of things. Uh, Maybe the accuracy needed around the footprint of a building for, let's say, an as-built that has to come in uh, with a little more uh, accuracy in mind. So there are things that we can't touch. And so sometimes our clients will run that uh, through us first and let that be a guide to where they really need to focus in the field. Um, But uh, others... uh, uh, we'll sort of do this in conjunction. So there might be longer linear missions. And so let's say they fly four miles at a time. Um, they run that through photogrammetry and they send us the, the TIFF and uh, point cloud. And then we can start to kind of uh, work with them as they kind of move down that project in phases.
2: Are there, is there a size restriction? I mean, can you work, is there a limitation to the size of the, the projects, I guess, acreage or what have you that you guys can, uh, can process?
0: We haven't hit that yet. Um, there, the real size limit is just the, the data upload into uh, our cloud uh, infrastructure. So we're, we're stacked on AWS. So meaning um, if files uh, start to exceed, let's say five gigabytes, Um, We just ask our clients to tile those and you can tile those when you uh, export from uh, different photogrammetry softwares. Um, Once they get into the cloud, we merge those back together and then we'll run that through uh, processing. So it's really just a a matter of getting it into the cloud. And uh, that's actually something that we're going to be working on as a company this year um, is really the integration side. So allowing our clients to push data from systems that are already hosting their data sets in the cloud and go directly into our platform. So those are some of the partnerships that we're working on to make that a, a much smoother, um, uh, process or, or workflow. Well,
3: do you mind walking me through then from like an integration standpoint, like, like your client is using software X. So like, 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 and then you guys are using AWS. Like, like, can you walk me through that? Like a, just a simple example of it.
0: Sure. So, uh, let's say a, a client is using um, a, a DGI flight software to to collect the data. Um, all the imagery might go into uh, a program like uh, PIX4D, or Drone Deploy, or Propeller, or I mean, there's, there's a whole uh, list of those, uh, PIXElement. Um, once that runs through uh, uh, the AT process um, and we have an, uh uh, an orthomosaic and a point cloud and it could be either one of those if we're just doing 2d planimetrics, we really just need the the tiff for for uh, we say the 2d information if we're doing any kind of surface related processing then we need that point cloud but that would be um uh that is uh, one of the the file types or or products of photogrammetry um and so those two files would come into our platform we we uh our um uh, w- w- our application it, it can be found on our website. So clients log into that. Um, they create a project and they upload that Tiff and LAS there. And then they work through our order uh, form process.
3: Interesting. Interesting. That sounds like a, like a great project and a, a great uh, streamlining process.
2: Yep, that's the idea. And I've I've gone through the process before and it's incredibly user friendly. The one thing I want to circle back on from our last chat, and Connor, you'll get a kick out of this, is kind of their business model. It's like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, maybe it's changed, maybe it hasn't, but if you are going to be, you know, one of Airworks clients, you basically buy acres. And then let's say right. you, you let's say you buy a thousand acres. You got a thousand acres in the bank, but you have a 50 acre project Well, then you just take 50 acres out of your bank of acres that you paid for,
3: for processing. Uh, Oh, that that is, that's smart. What's the, what's the typical model then? Like for, from, from a competitive standpoint, like what, what do, what do people usually see from a, from a company like yours?
0: Uh, well, I mean, right now there there are not too many companies out there like us. Um, uh, but some are more project based. So, you know, you you heard me talk about sort of like that ARR, right? We we care about uh, reoccurring revenue. So our clients do; they buy a license for the year, right? And then we try to match them with sort of their their needs, right? Some some of our some of our customers uh, only buy, let's say, 300 acres to start, and we have clients that buy 10,000 acres and above. So, depending on sort of where you are, right? There's there's the economies of scale. So you're getting a a much uh, lower cost per unit when you buy 10,000 acres at a time versus 300 acres at a time. Um, and then and then, uh, just like Ken said, we uh, every time a project is pushed. Um, that just kind of uh, comes off of your balance. Um, something interesting that we just uh, uh, released is, is a reconciliation. So not every project is created the same. They all have different features and, and, and a density to them. So like a, mm. uh, an urban setting, right? Uh, it might have a lot of streets and sidewalks and houses and vegetation and a lot of good stuff. So we would consider that a normal density. But if you're out in a, a very rural area, um, you might not have a lot of features. So we have the ability now to sort of look at if it's low density, is it normal density? If it's lower density, you get better pricing, but you also get better turnaround times from us as well. And so uh, it's just that we reconcile the acres a little differently. So you could think of an acre as almost like a credit in a way. Mm.
3: It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, exactly. I, I do get I a it. kick out of it. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's neat too, because like it's a you, you can try it, you mm-hmm. have the licensing, but then you can try like, the, and it, it kind of puts the name behind AirWorks and say like, "Hey, mm-hmm. like, you do the three hundred, like, like, <clears throat> come back, like, like, we want you to come back and get the exactly. ten thousand acres, and then like, let let me prove to you instead yep. of just doing like one project and project by project." It's mm-hmm. Genius, it, it is genius. <laughs> I love genius. it. I
2: love it, Adam. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. When I when I look at what you guys are doing, you're kind of competing with like traditional photogrammetry. Um, I'd be curious. Do you work with like aerial mapping companies, like they do the flights and they just send their data to you to process.
0: Absolutely, I mean, of course, this is after any kind of aerial triangulation, so mm-hmm. we're always dealing with an ortho image uh, and/or a point cloud, and that point cloud be, can be from photogrammetry or from lidar. But yeah, this is not just a drone, uh, yeah. uh, you know, pr- product right here. So we're we're a data agnostic, as you could think about it. So Ortho imagery from manned aircraft. Um, We're going to be moving into sort of the the satellite uh, space or resolution Mm -hmm. um, eventually as a company. It's just a really a matter of time. Uh, But uh, we also have clients that uh, are collecting mobile terrestrial data that can um, be added into uh, other data sets. These are all really interesting perspectives of of of, of the land or, or of the project, right? Uh, A scan on the ground, right? You're, you might not get that, that top down view, Mm -hmm. uh, but you're certainly getting under sort of uh, obstructions, uh, uh, especially around vegetation and tree canopies. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, You mentioned the whole satellite thing and you can educate me on this. You know, I know there's obviously satellites orbiting the earth, collecting pictures, imagery, you know, 24 hours a day at this point has, has it got to the point where that imagery is um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not accurate enough, but the resolution is enough that you can process from that imagery or is it not there yet?
0: So, well, that, that's a, um, an interesting and challenging question. So it is, there are going to be certain features that are not possible to pull from, Satellite imagery. If the resolution is 30 centimeters, right, mm-hmm. and we have an object that is, let's say, 10 centimeters, it's going to be incredibly tough to to see that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just going to be items that we just can't see in in uh, in satellite imagery because of that resolution. Uh, where we're moving as a company is training, right? We need okay. to train our algorithms to to understand. What features look like in 30 centimeter resolution, or 15 centimeter resolution, or 10, five, you know, as as it goes down. We started, of course, on the higher res, the drone side, and now we're working our way up into medium res, which is the manned aircraft space, um, and then the low res, uh, which would we cons- we call it just a satellite data. So what do you
3: think of like um, Elon Musk's satellite adventure in a sense of throwing up the satellite mesh and and doing the the 5g thing
0: uh well I think it's uh, i think it's pretty amazing um he's not the only one obviously there there are many different companies now that are doing that but uh yeah I think uh you know we've got to uh, with the expansion of broadband uh, getting internet into rural spaces obviously we can do that with a hard line on the ground but uh, this also allows internet to be streamed into uh, much much more rural uh, spaces I actually know a couple folks that just haven't been able to um, have a fiber to their home and uh, so they're tapping into um, starlink for for internet uh, itself but uh, yeah I mean it's going to be interesting there's going to be a uh, uh, I just think that you, you asked before the this, this show started, where do I see the you know, drone technology going? Right now, when we collect data, Right, it goes onto a little memory card, and when the, the the UAV or the aircraft lands, we have to take that memory card and go back to uh, our office, and you know, put that into a computer, and then we stream it back to uh, or up to the cloud uh, for a lot—not even just AirWorks processing, but a, a lot of the steps that even happened before us. So I can see a play uh, a time in a world where that stuff is just streaming directly to the cloud through a service like Starlink or, or one of the others. Interesting.
2: Are you guys dabbling in uh, any VR technology?
0: Uh, not yet, not yet. Um, the key word, I'm curious about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, uh, you know, I, I, I know that the the metaverse is obviously a very, um, uh, a very popular thing right now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, everything that we are creating, these th- these 3D models uh, of the real world, um, are gonna build, right, the metaverse. Yep. So people are gonna do it themselves off of imagination, but they also can recreate real world settings I- in the metaverse. So um, that's why I guess I say, uh, not yet. I don't know, it's, uh, we have to be very focused. Of course, we're a smaller team in general. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I just, we, we don't quite know what the possibilities are there, but uh, man, every day I hear a story. Uh, I, I just heard, a, or I read a story today that McDonald's was like poised to make billions of dollars in the metaverse, just, just by allowing their uh, branding to be purchased and, and placed in, in, uh, areas. So it's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Between the metaverse and the, uh, the digital twin, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's I I don't know how much of a difference there really is at the end of the day. Exactly.
3: This is this fascinating too. Adam, Adam, you know, Kent pointed out that you live off the grid or or, or somewhat off Very the grid. Very close. Very close yeah. to off the grid, yet... Adam is doing algorithms, yeah. drones, like all this cutting-edge stuff in society. Yet, right. yet, I'm I'm curious about that <laughs> piece of it. And then, like, like what am I missing right now living
0: in Scottsdale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you have you guys ever heard of Maslow's uh, uh, hierarchy of needs? I have heard of it. Briefly. All right, so this is a, a famous psychologist, right? And and it's got this pyramid, right? And at the very bottom, you've got your basics. To, to live, you got to breathe, you got to eat, um, you need water, you need shelter, uh, and and some others, right? But those are the essentials. And I feel like for me and my family, is if if I can if I can support them there, uh, right? Then then I don't need much else in life. I mean, of course, I need um, self fulfillment mm-hmm. um, is at the very top of that pyramid, and I think that's one of the drivers. I I want I want uh, technology to lead um, being sustainable. I, I think sometimes when 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 I say, oh, I want to be sustainable, I hear, oh, oh you're you're going to be uh, uh, oh a hippie living in the woods. I'm like, no, I, I don't know why I can't leverage technology to help me get there. Right. Um, I mean, I just uh, just several months ago, uh, sort of, I guess, the, the steps from the last time that we've talked. Uh, I've expanded my own garden, so I'm now producing a lot more uh, vegetables, and I'll move into being able to hopefully do this year-round with a greenhouse next year. That's my goal. But uh, I've just installed uh, solar power on the house, um, and I'm producing my own energy now. Uh, I the the next step is a battery bank. Um, actually, just bought my first electric vehicle on carvana the other night and oh, wow. it gets delivered on saturday this saturday so i'm really excited about that Congrats. i'm excited to hear about uh, this experience yeah. too that's awesome. yeah. <laughs> what what
3: type of what type of vehicle did you purchase
0: oh i got to so first of all i'm waiting for the ford lightning Oh, um, that's that that's, yeah. that's that's the one i want it just keeps getting pushed back or, um, yeah um uh, but uh, I ended up going for just an older model, uh, a Volkswagen e-Golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, so something easy that I get. It's not, not a lot of money just to get me by until I get to get to, to put, I guess, more into the, the lightning.
2: So I, I just pulled up Maslow's hierarchy of needs explained, right? <clears throat> so here's how yeah. it works. The the bottom ring of the pyramid is physiological needs. And that, of course, includes, Correct. just like Adam mentioned, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. All very important yes. things. The yeah. next uh, the, the next layer is safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, and property. Check that box. Uh, yep. love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. Mm. Yep. Yep. Next one is esteem. So respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And then the top of the pyramid is self-actualization the desire to become the most that one can be so interesting
0: yeah i love it honestly i think that uh is something that uh um i was definitely overlooked when i was a ch- in school and learned about it and mm-hmm. just in the last like couple years have really uh, i i heard a story on npr actually about how sleep has actually fallen off um uh the, the base there as wow. as a society and so that got that—that's really what piqued my interest. But man, I I, uh, I love the theory behind this, and mm-hmm. it's something that drives me.
3: Very interesting. Do you do you apply those principles to like the culture of AirWorks? Then, like like uh, describe the culture of AirWorks. I'm, I'm I'm curious as a as a as a co-founder and those type of things.
0: Yeah, um, so I, I think we well, we try very hard to um, to create a, a culture that that. Uh, we all want. I mean, I always say this to people, uh, uh, our team members, um, even, even, uh, my business partner, David, it's like, at the end of the day, I'm, I spend more time with my colleagues than I do my own family. Mm. And so when we hire, uh, we, we actually, uh, do a lot around cultural fit, right? So if we're hiring an engineer, um, let's say an algorithms engineer, I'm not the best person to, to interview them on their, their hardcore skill set there, right? Um, I'll let the, our PhD students uh, or, or our PhD um, folks uh, do that. Um, I, I uh, of course, um, I think it may be a bit better in tune Uh, with the, or making sure that, that uh, anybody that that's coming on board is really just a, a good culture fit, but it's, it's a, it's a culture of that. We all want to, uh, hang out with each other, um, that we all trust each other, uh, uh, that, you know, we're doing this as, as a team. And for, for me, for, uh, uh, anybody in the company to be successful. We all need each other. And so as we just want to make sure that we all have each other's back. Um, you know, the fun stuff also happens. Uh, I think sometimes it's kind of confu- It's confusing. Some people say, well, wh- what's the culture like at your company? It's like, Oh, do you have this, uh, do you have a ping pong table or do you have this? And, you know, those are <laughs> <A> like, <dartboard. laughs> yeah, well, we do have a dartboard, but I don't know if that's culture. <laughs> Careful right? with that. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> Um, those things are fun and they, they definitely allow us to have a good time, but, uh, we, it, I guess it's a little different.
2: Yeah. So you kind of focus on the soft skills a little bit more then, right.
0: Absolutely. Yep. That's what I think about a great company is
3: built by. It's Mm -hmm. like somebody told me this and it it got politicized recently this term, but it was before it got politicized. Uh, the, the, the individual said like, you know, the, the one thing I want to hire is somebody that has intellectual curiosity and horsepower Mm -hmm. and that can teach you everything. And then also to Adam's point, like you spend more time. So he goes, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be working with a pencil neck. Yep. Like I, it's just, I want to be working with somebody that I can have a conversation with to, sure. to enjoy time with. So I, it's, it's fascinating to hear from a, a leader of a company to talk about like their culture and stuff. So I'm, I'm always curious about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No good stuff. Um, Adam, if I remember right, there was some discussion about, I think it was a patent that you guys are working on, or maybe you just got a patent last time we talked. Is there any updates on that?
0: Yeah, so that was uh, in 2017, actually, where we uh, got that patent. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, it is, of course, published. Um, and people actually ask about that all the time. Is does this patent, you know, how how is this patent hold up against, uh, you know, the others that are out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I always like to answer it and sort of reiterating what was talked about in the beginning of the show is really what we did with it from there. Is how how we've how we've trained um, since that point. Um, so the different techniques that we're using, um, the different variations uh, uh, of of the real world that we have to expose it to 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 better understand. Um, so, just out of
2: curiosity, you know, Geo Week twenty twenty two. I mean, I, I thought that was an unbelievable uh, conference. And of course, you know, being the first one for me in two and a half years, what were some of your big takeaways from that? I mean, the, the technology and on display was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, the technology was unbelievable. I mean, it was just good to just be out with people. Um, I We were able as, as a company to just re-engage with a lot of companies that maybe we had talked to very early on, mm. um, had seen us really in our infancy. And so they got to see a, a more mature Airworks, which was great. Mm. Um, also, just the relationships and current clients that we've had, we got to meet face to face for the first time, which is exciting. And sometimes we were at the booth, and we would uh, one of our clients w- would be there, and somebody else would come come up and start asking questions, and we would just turn around and say, "Well, I mean, here's one of our clients; you should just ask them." And <laughs> that's, that's actually awesome. one of the best uh, the best feelings right there. Yeah, yeah, that, um,
2: that had to make you feel amazing.
0: Yeah, I I mean, one of the big things, of course, uh, is just sensor technology in general right mm-hmm. there there uh, almost every booth w- had a new type of sensor mm-hmm. um, better resolutions better clarity and what it could uh, what they could collect and to us that just means that there is going to be more and more data to process afterwards or more and more data to make sense of afterwards so it's uh it's definitely very good to see
2: yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Gosh, what else, Connor? You got anything?
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious to see. Like, how did you get into this industry? Then, like, like, describe your background a little bit. I know that you lived in Boston for a while. Like, like, how'd you get into the industry?
0: Yeah, I'm. I uh, started in construction very young, just on high school jobs. I, I started working for my father and my now father-in-law. Uh, back in high school when I started dating my now wife as well. Um, and uh, so i just been in construction for a long time. I went to Boston to to finish uh, or to go to graduate school. And uh, that just never happened. Um, my first daughter, who you met earlier, uh, who is a, a geoholic now, uh, Savannah, um, that was sort of the uh, impetus to, to starting my own company. Um, and I, I just always felt like I would uh, own or run my own company and uh, it's kind of sounds strange but it was really just the best time for me to just go for it. Uh, I felt like I had the most control of my uh, destiny Um, and I could really push for if I if I needed to work uh, a little extra Right for whatever my family needs were, I had that ability. I could could work uh, over the weekends or work late into the evening, whatever I needed. I guess uh, my uh, the 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 jobs that I had access to wouldn't allow me to do that. Right, so I, I felt a little trapped there. What's what's your biggest advice for
3: like young entrepreneurs or people that are just starting into the being an entrepreneur and starting their own
0: company up? Well, I you you obviously have to understand what your business model is and how you're going to make money and understand sort of the the basics but um you can overdo it there as well um and uh i you know sometimes just just uh taking a leap of faith right and and stepping into a very uncomfortable territory uh that's really what it's like getting i mean i don't know if you've ever been cliff jumping Right when you're at that edge and you just you have that feeling is like er, muscles are cramping up and yeah. you know that it, it's like but when when soon as you take that leap right it's, it's actually quite all right um, so I yeah understanding sort of what you're getting into and understanding what the potential is definitely is important making sure that your clients are actually going to buy what you're what you're uh, uh, what you're producing. Um, is is important. Sometimes, uh, you know, we get uh, a little sidetracked thinking that an idea is better than uh, than it actually is, um, or maybe we get uh, uh, too uh sidetracked by making a pretty website before you've actually talked to some clients to mm-hmm. see if that 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 actually want to buy something from you. So. You know that uh, the branding stuff and all that can can wait. You really just need clients that honestly that that want to uh, buy what you're what you're producing.
2: Connor, you know that feeling he just described about right before jumping off the cliff. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to feel on your wedding day.
3: Oh, nice. <laughs> it's not set, <laughs> not engaged yet. But yes, yes. I, I will. I will let you know when that happens. <laughs> what that feeling's like. I'm curious from like an entrepreneurship <laughs> perspective because I, I so I, I came from a small business of 15 people. Um, and we, we would go in and do like turnaround management. It was a, a company called Resolute, uh, here. And so we'd go in and we step into these distress situations and run, uh, lower middle market companies and help them out with their problems in court and out of court restructuring. Um, but you know, I always talk to the entrepreneurs and would pick their brain on like where there's, you know, how they got to the situation just from an education standpoint for myself, like, like for you, what piece of advice would you give like your younger self then in that? And I know you just talked about a little bit of, of advice for entrepreneurs, but what would you give yourself now?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, maybe some of those things that I said were actually pointed at, at me as well. So, you know, you think you've had su- uh, a, such a great idea, but sometimes you just need to like sit back and analyze it a, a little bit more. Um, it, uh, it it is. Uh, it's 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 obviously it, it's it's challenging. It's scary. Uh, but uh, once once you start, you know, you're sort of like a in a fight or flight mode. Right. And you're you're going to fight for for it. Um, you know, the statement I said earlier, just about uh, being passionately curious is is also one of those things. You know, I don't have, uh, let's say, as formal education as as a lot of people in my company. Um, but my curiosity on, on, on learning, um, it, it really doesn't matter, right? It, it's helped me get to that place. Um, and, you know, we live in a world right now where we have all sorts of information just like at our fingertips, mm. right? Yep. It's all open source and it's there. And so there's really no excuse to uh, not to learn anything and everything. And so that's just something I, my kids probably make fun of me all, I know they make fun of me all the time because it's just like somebody asks a question like, oh, I can't do this or, oh, I'm I i uh, I'm gonna have to go to school for that. And I'm just like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's no, just I, go learn it ourselves
3: exactly exactly I, I agree with you on that i think you know now maybe it was einstein that said this but somebody said that knowledge is power Ooh. um you know like some some f- famous that's a fa- very famous quote but like i, I believe it's true um I, I say that all the time well yeah and it's adam's <laughs> point like you can learn anything well i i should say like if i'm going to a heart surgeon like I want them to be trained. Like there are certain professions. Well, that yes, I to of be course, train.
0: even in our profession, right. The, uh, you know, to become a surveyor, you have to go through that regiment. There's, there's no, uh, uh th- there's no way around that to be an engineer, right. You have to go through that regiment. And I'm not saying like you have to, you can bypass those types of things, but, uh, you know, to, to be able to start your own business, I don't know necessarily think that you would have to go to business school, right. To do that. Um, Of course, I found a a great business partner that uh, actually did go to business school. Um, I just had spent many years in the real world before that, so we kind of brought a lot of different perspectives to the table when we started this company.
3: Happened to be one of the best business schools too. That's right. (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Let's not let's not forget that it's MIT. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, that's that's incredible. I'm 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 always fascinated by entrepreneurship.
2: So. Thomas Jefferson. Knowledge is power. Oh. Former surveyor, might I add. Really? Mm-hmm. He was a surveyor, yeah.
3: Gosh, I'm just getting an education and survey here. Yep. yep. All
2: the important stuff.
3: I'm Connor and <laughs> I'm a geoholic. That's what this is. <laughs> no, you're going to be a surveyor before this is all over with. I know. You're
2: going to be sitting for your LS exam and next thing you know. Popping out some finance and accounting too exactly, on the side. Exactly. <laughs> so, Adam, before we let you get out of here, a couple more things. Um First of all, what's, what's next for Airworks?
0: Uh, Airworks is going to be expanding our layer or feature list. Um, I think uh, even from what you read, maybe we've, we've already added uh, early on, we've already added a few layers. So we're, we're constantly adding features uh, that that we extract autonomously Um, and then moving into different resolution bands of imagery. So we of course started with drone imagery, but moving of course into to to medium uh, and lower res, and even just like even where we're at with medium res right now, it's restricted to, uh, well how it's performing right now is restricted to a, just a few layers. So it's just expanding, expanding that. Um, also, just building out our web application, making it more. Use, uh, you not know, user friendly is the best word, but stickier, mm. right? So, adding like more that. features and, and capabilities. Um, right now, we don't have the ability to view anything in 3D, so we want to uh, to be able to add that as we grow. Um, the integrations uh, with sort of the softwares that our, our clients are using beforehand, getting data into our app, and then where we go with it afterwards. So the integrations into, let's say, the Bentleys and Autodesk's and Esdries of the world, um, just making that more seamless. So uh, just uh, trying, trying not to, to create any more bottlenecks in this, uh, this process. Mm. Keep it simple. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
3: If someone if someone is listening and wants to wants to check you out and, and become a client, like how do they how do they approach that situation?
0: Yeah. So uh, go first. Go to our website. There's a lot of great information on the site. Um, you can get some sort of basic understanding of what we do, uh, and then from there, uh, there you have the ability to uh, sign up for a demo um and uh, we'll connect you with uh, our rockstar uh, sales team that will help understand first of all uh, before we do any kind of demo um, we always have a a meeting first to just better understand our our clients needs so we want to make sure that it's a good fit because not every company that comes to us is Uh, the best fit they could be very very early on in their 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 drone program or they don't fly at all they just know you know something uh, about uh, or they've heard about us somewhere so we want to just make sure that there's a real good fit for us to work together Um, but yeah so going to our website signing up for a demo um, and then we'll make sure that uh, we can we can deliver uh an actual solution for for you is the most important piece
3: and that's and that's airworks dot
0: okay correct yep
3: perfect
2: that's about all i got adam what uh, what what is there anything that we haven't talked about you want to get out there
0: um well i i don't know man you guys always ask great questions um i would say if, if you are uh, skeptical Right of what this technology can do, um, I know that uh, in in industry, uh, especially around uh, uh, serve, surveying and engineering, um, there is a fear that uh, something like this uh, could could potentially take jobs. Right, and so um, I guess the my my last word would be that 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 is that is far from the truth. Right, we we are enhancing. Um, your uh, uh, capabilities, right? This, this world is changing. The sensors that we're collecting data are changing every day. And the tools that we had uh, 20 years ago, the tools that we had 10 years ago, the tools that we had five years ago, um, become harder to use uh, because of, of just the changes in, in, in remote sensing uh, in data collection. So we have to change with it, right? So it's just another tool um in everybody's toolbox so that that's it i love it great way to yep. great way to close this
2: out right. anything else over there uh mr uh, o'gorman
3: no i can't i'm, I'm not gonna yeah no because uh, i want to leave on that note. that's incredible yeah he's got me thinking <laughs> i'm thinking if uh, I, yeah i'm just thinking
2: that's awesome well hey adam thank you thank you again for uh, spending some time with us and thank you for your support of the show we uh we can't tell you how much we appreciate it
0: thank you guys i appreciate you too all right we'll be in
2: touch here we go that'll do it boys yet another friend making value adding show please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com follow us on all social media outlets by searching for the geoholics download the geoholics app from land surveyors united i'm sure uh, connor's done that at least three times by now oh, at send least. us an email at info at the to let us know how we're doing or if you'd like to be a guest on a future show i think we're our next opening is in april at this point so give us give us a shout we'd love to hear from you last but not least please support all our amazing friends of the program every chance you get just like our good friends at airworks be sure to mention you are a geoholic for additional discounts and promos Pay it forward, add value, make friends, pepper warning, featuring stick figure available everywhere until next time, everyone knowledge is power, be safe and healthy. Thank you to our 2022 friends of the program: Advanced Geodetic Survey (AGSGPS.com), Airworks (Airworks.io), Bad Elf (Bad-Elf.com), Cyanic Automation (GetJobBook.com), Diamondback Land Surveying (DiamondbackLandSurveying.com), Extreme Aerial Productions (ExtremeAerialProductions.com). Get kids into survey get kids into survey.com mentoring Mondays. mentoring mondays. monson engineering monson engineering nettleman LC prep LC prep Northstar surveying northstarsurveying.com Prostar corporation prostarcorp.com SafetyApparel, SafetyApparel.us TopoDot, apparel new dot certainty 3d.com And finally, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial geospatial.trimble.com.